Hey everyone and welcome to the year was the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalbo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred April 7. With the new release of the cinema-saving blockbuster Godzilla v. Kong, Dawn of Justice, I thought we would look at a movie monster that has truly stood the test of time. The eighth wonder of the world, King Kong. The year was 1933, and on this day, April 7th, RKO Pictures released King Kong to the world. The story of Kong began with a jungle adventure all of its own. In the Hollywood Reporter article I read, it talks about how Marion C. Cooper, one of the film's directors, was on an expedition when his partner suggested they make natural dramas. Natural dramas in this instance meant that they would shoot the environment, the people, and the animals with film, not guns, and then take that footage and create a story around it. Cooper, on one of these expeditions, began watching baboons, and a fascination with apes was born. He wanted to do more with apes, but didn't have the story yet, and that's when his friend, Douglas Burden, told him about Komodo. Komodo had only recently piqued the interest of the world due to the discovery of the Komodo dragon. This discovery sparked the idea of a gorilla fighting a giant lizard. Burden had assigned himself the task of recording the dragons and bringing one back to New York, and this was a task he succeeded in, managing to bring two dragons to the Bronx Zoo and to crowds of thousands. The tales of capturing the dragons and bringing them across the ocean laid the groundwork for Cooper's own monster idea, but he felt that something was still missing, and so in a move that had been done countless times before, incorporated the damsel in distress element and created his story. With that idea in place, it was time to find funding for the project, and that's when the Depression happened, and the idea was put away. Cooper became an assistant to David O. Selznick, RKO Pictures' head, and that was that for a while. Then, The Lost World came out. The Lost World was a film based on a story by Arthur Conan Doyle about explorers finding dinosaurs. This, in addition to Edgar Rice Burroughs' The Land That Time Forgot, another story about a remote jungle with prehistoric life, ignited the world with a new interest for similar films. That's when everything fell into place and the film Creation was put into production. That's right, Creation. Willis O'Brien had worked on Land of the Lost, creating its stop-motion animation, and was working on this new film when Cooper stepped in. In his position at RKO, he was able to screen test footage, and seeing the work being done, began to have doubts that his own giant gorilla monster movie, Getting Made, would not happen. And so, he did what people sometimes do, and had the production shut down. To be clear, he shut down creation. He then took the crew from the film, and folded them into his own, so that work on Kong could begin. The story of Kong is this. 
Carl Denham, a film director, is having trouble finding an actress for his new film. That is, until he meets Anne Darrow. Promising her a grand adventure, she agrees to star in his film and boards a ship to a mysterious island. The film crew, trying to make the movie, travel to the tropical island, previously unknown to modern man. Jack Driscoll, the first mate, and Anne Darrow fall in love, and upon reaching the island to film, things start going wrong. Anne is kidnapped by native islanders and offered to the island's god, Kong, a giant gorilla. Kong takes her into the jungle and Driscoll forms a team and they go after her. They encounter dinosaurs and monsters and all are killed but Driscoll and Denim. Kong protects Anne against the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Denim and Driscoll split up. Denim goes to the village while Driscoll continues after Anne. And eventually, he rescues her. They make their way back to the village, pursued by Kong, who smashes into the village, where the natives and the remaining ship's crew fight together to close the gate in order to save everyone left. That's when Denim gets the idea to use a gas bomb to render Kong unconscious. He is no longer concerned with making a movie. Instead, he wants to capture the beast and bring it back to New York. And so that's what he does. Shackled, Kong is put on display as the eighth wonder of the world. Anne is brought on stage in front of him, but the flash photography from the reporters begins to enrage the beast. He climbs the Empire State Building and planes begin to circle after Driscoll suggests that army planes should be brought in. Once Kong sets down Anne, the planes open fire and Kong tries to fight them off, but ultimately fails and is mortally wounded. He falls off of the building to the ground and dies as a crowd gathers. Denim breaks through the crowd and a cop remarks to him, Well, Denim, the airplanes got him. To which he only replies, Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. To achieve the shots that captivated audiences all over, Kong used a combination of miniatures, stop motion, and rear projection. Reviews were altogether positive, although many said that as long as you were able to suspend your disbelief, it was a good film. The story of King Kong is a romantic one, filled with adventure, but also horror and fantasy, and in a time when GPS and satellite images and the like were not in existence, it evoked a sense of wonder. It was something that sprang forth from the imagination and was something that could potentially be possible, although a bit unlikely. With modern technology, we have lost a bit of that wonder, that sense of exploration, but it has also granted us the ability to seek that wonder and discovery and explore places we were not able to before, whether it be space or the ocean or some distant planet, and I think that's okay. The legacy of King Kong obviously does not end here. Kong saw a sequel December of 1933, was re-released in 1942, fought Godzilla in 1962, escaped in 1967, was remade in 1976 with a 1986 sequel that introduced Lady Kong, 
was remade again by Peter Jackson, who owns the original Kong puppets and produced new versions of deleted lost scenes from the original in 2005, saw a new solo film in 2017, and faced off against Godzilla again in 2021. And that's not even counting his many animated adventures or cameos, such as memorable scenes in Ready Player One or the trailer for Space Jam New Legacy. So with all of that, I think it's safe to say it's good to be the king. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.